Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special and new format where we talk about dead people, a clip show. I have with me here Daniel the Cleaner, who frequently appears on our Patreon posts. So um, everybody say hello to Daniel. Howdy, Yay. everybody. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Um, not bad. I mean, I was sick for a good chunk of time. Uh, that was like last week when you had texted me. Um, and then just yesterday, I got attacked by wasps, and I'm allergic. Wasps? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you get stung? I got, like, well, they don't really sting from what I've been told. They bite, which is why yeah. they're able to repeatedly do it. And they have, like, a venomous bite. So I got bit on my hand and, like, two spots on my back. And because I was because you're allergic, and it was next to a like almost like a plant bush that never had a wasp nest there, but I'm assuming they must have dug one into the ground because they'll do that. And I was mowing my lawn right by it, and I didn't know they were there, and I must have agitated it, and they just came out, and I was like, man, my hand hurts. I looked down at my hand, and it's just going at it, and then I'm like, oh god, I'm getting swarmed. <laughs> oh my gosh. So being allergic, what what kind of symptoms do you get with that? Um, I'm not like to the point where my dad is, which he's like extremely allergic he gets like flu oof so i get like a little lightheaded and then i get mass of like migraines mm, that does not so, sound pleasant yeah no i took a benadryl and i was pretty much out the whole day like i slept on the couch from i would say like 12 o'clock all the way up until about 12 in the morning oh my <laughs> and then gosh. i went to bed again <laughs> oh oh i haven't been that sick in years it was rough. Like I never felt that out of it because it was just like it just like my, my mouth started to like my jaw and my mouth and my mind just kind of was going numb. Everything just felt a little off. Like I was numbing. And I'm like, yeah. So Benadryl's like your best friend. And I took a like a Benadryl cream and rubbed it on the spots that they bit me on to kind of really help it. So oh. I was really out. Yeah, I, uh, I I remember the last time I slept longer, like to a, to a strange hour. I got, I think I was, I was coming off of sickness. I must've been nine years old and my parents ordered pizza. So I like, you know, half asleep, go into the kitchen to get this fresh, hot, delicious pizza. I ate a slice of it. I brought it back. I brought a couple more back to the the couch and I sat down. I started eating this pizza and then I woke up at two in the morning from like three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. I passed out somewhere in between bites of pizza and then woke up at two in the morning. It was super surreal. And then it was like, what do I do? I guess I just go upstairs and go to bed. <laughs> what do you do? You finish that slice of pizza. <laughs> That's what it you was do. gone. I think somebody picked it up. Somebody was cleaning it up. <laughs> someone just stole your pizza from underneath you. <laughs> in my moment right of weakness, in my moment of weakness, they stole my pizza. The bastards. It could be worse. You could be a guy who just, you know, shouldn't touch a hot pocket, which we'll get into that later. <laughs> Okay, well, I should probably try to explain a little bit of how we're going to do this. Uh, in the effort of expending less effort to create content for the show and also have a lot more fun, we're going to try this format of a clip show where Daniel and I and later George will be here, I think. He's currently at mass. Um, we're basically just going to trade clips back and forth and talk about them. I've seen tons of other podcasts do this, and it, it creates excellent, interesting content. And frankly, it looks super low effort which is what we're after. So, we have a we have a special thing though. I, I found a very specific pack of trading cards on my desk. Daniel, would you like to explain <laughs> what this is? So, 
I would like to go back. Let me see if I can find that text, because then I'll read it as in how I quoted the hint to Aaron of what we were getting into. Just give me one moment. But if for any context anybody wanted to know, it has uh, a soldier on it in some desert gear with, I'm assuming it looks like an Abrams tank. Yeah, And probably. I don't know what jet it is. That's looks on like it. I'm assuming something like that. I figured it's like an F for one of the uh, A-10 like, Warthogs. But the it's the victory series of these packs of cards, and it is amazing. So let me find the text that I sent him to kind of just describe it. Okay. Good God, how far back is it here? Can I ask where you got these? <laughs> that is a secret, my friend. And uh, the joke is actually it's from Amazon. Okay. These were actually, so for anybody curious, we see, God, where is this text? Oh, my God. <laughs> should um, I open them? Can I open them yeah. and look at them? Or should we wait? One. Let me just read. Let me find this. Okay. Okay, got it. So <laughs> for anybody who wants to figure this out before we go into it, it is, this is what I sent him. Roses are red. Violets are blue. There's sand in the desert, and a storm is coming through. So with that, I'm pretty sure anybody could figure that one out. Not me. But yes, <laughs> it was Desert Storm. <laughs> That's what, and the best part is in that text message, I capitalized Desert and Storm. And so that way you at least try to put it together <laughs> to make it as easy as possible. Yes, uh, so, Desert Storm trading cards. So yeah, this was back in 1991. My dad actually knew exactly what these were when I showed him. He was like, oh my God. He was I'd seen these when I was a kid. So they're from the company Tops. That's who makes these cards, and they're amazing looking. Like the like the logo of it, and like it almost upsets me that I'm opening these because they're that cool looking. Like yeah. the package, it's really well done. For sure. Now when so I got, came, when I came across say it's these on my desk, uh, I immediately took them downstairs to show to my my former coworker uh, from the warehouse. I was, he fought in Desert Storm. I'm like, do you know what these are? He's like, no, but they look pretty cool. <laughs> okay. So it comes with eight trading cards and a sticker. So we'll have fun with that. <laughs> we'll have to see if the sticker still sticks. I've got my hydro flask right here. To now, the only on thing there. is I don't know if this is an original pack because I bought them off Amazon, which means they could be reproductions of like the cards, but they're not truly the original cards. So I bought them either way for me and you. I figured it's going to be fun to look at these and see if we can find that Hussam Hussein rookie card. <laughs> they look aged enough that I would believe they, these are real. It looks amazing. Like, they look very aged. Like, I'm glad it came in good condition because some of the reviews said that they were, like, kind of busted open when they got them. So I'm yeah. really glad that actually they held out. Okay. Well, I'm going to pop this open. Let's take a look at what's inside. Yep, let's do that. Okay. Let get the uh, sound as best I can. I'm carefully slicing open the adhesive so I don't damage the packaging. Oh my gosh. I think these are original, dude. If they are, that's amazing. That's I think these fantastic I think these are original. score. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm carefully taking them out. Okay. I managed to get them out without damaging the packaging. This is a first. Okay. Oh my gosh. So it's got like on the backs of them. You've got like pieces that you can put together to form an image. But I've only got two oh, of those. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, like I got two. I got one of them is Egypt. Hmm. Yeah, I've got Morocco and the USSR. 
I got these a are the, milk call. These are the stickers. Of course I get the communist flag. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick that right in the old hydro flask and take that to work. That'll make the That's amazing. Okay, so I've got I've got uh Desert Storm slang. Uh Allied Forces, USS Long Beach, F-15 Dual Roll Eagle, Patriot the Scud Interceptor, F-111 Aardvark, F-15 Eagle, and Tent City. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, General Yusak, uh, Mail Call, Lieutenant Greenhorn, uh, General... I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this because it's a Russian name. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I got a tow missile. I got military terms A. I got an LVTP. And I got unit size A, which is like a tank, and then there's a lightning strike going past it. It's cool. really cool. Well, I can confirm that the jet on the outside of this this thing is an F-15 Eagle, because that's what my... That, it looks exactly like the one on my new trading card. Okay, cool. Um, but hey, we, we should go through some of this uh, some of this slang, shouldn't we? It definitely goes through the slang. <laughs> okay, Desert Storm slang. Here we go. Big Red. Guess what that is? Big Red. That sounds so familiar. God, what is it? <laughs> it's going to hit me when you tell me. The Desert Sun. Yep, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, get, get Bird. Bird? Yeah, Bird. Oh, that one I don't know. I'm assuming some type of aircraft. That's like a uh, UAV it's, or something like that. It's a helicopter, except it's mm. particularly one from which paratroopers jump. And we've got chocolate chip. Can you guess what chocolate chip is? Oh, no. Actually, no. <laughs> hmm. the, US yeah, really Desert, the U.S. Desert Uniform Camouflage. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only a couple more here. Mopped up. Mm, I'm assuming my guess would be like the enemy squad getting mopped up by the U.S. or something like that, or somebody's See, that, just that, wiping out a, a squad. That makes the most sense. That's the first thing I thought of too. But mopped up, you got to think of like gillied up. Remember, like oh, all gillied up. Ooh, yeah. So mopped up means you're clad in chemical weapons protective gear from mission-oriented protective posture. That's mopped. That's pretty good <laughs> that's really good just just two more okay quick turn burn that's got to be some type of error like like jet maneuver yeah it's a uh, five minute procedure to reload the f-15 fighter oh wow yeah i would have thought it had something to do with using the afterburner or whatever i know nothing i was about assuming <laughs> some type of like like you know on the long lines of a barrel roll eglaton roll or whatever it's called something like that yeah yeah some type of uh, air like maneuver. That's what it sounds like. Um, all right, last one. Smoke them. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like this is where the smoke them if you got them kind of comes from. Yeah, again, you would think so, but it means to reach a destination quickly. Oh, that's that's a new one. I never heard that. I just know like smoke them if you got them or smoke them as in lighting them up. Yeah. Well. These are cool. I'm going to carefully try to put them back in the pack. Did you have any interesting ones you want to talk about? Um, let me see. Nothing that comes to mind. Eh. 
Most of them are just like who they are and explaining it. The only one that I think would be interesting might be the mail call. What's the mail call? Uh, Letters from friends and loved ones and citizens who support the men and women of the Operation Desert Storm help keep the troops morale high. Uh, Many celebrities and less famous Americans have donated books, music, and uh, videotapes to provide uh, Allied soldiers with a touch of home. Hmm. That's sweet. Did you ever have to write letters to the troops as a kid in school? Ooh, no, I actually never did. Yeah, we we did. That's um, kind of cool. I got, of course, reprimanded because I wanted to send a drawing of a soldier fighting, and my teacher was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm fair enough. <laughs> did we wanna did we wanna do our our clip here from Desert Storm? Oh, we can definitely do. But I want to just say, you know, these cards have a distinct, like, old-timey smell to them. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah, these are these are pretty old. They're really cool, though. Yeah, they've been I'm kept so in the collection. I'm so glad I found these. So before I even explain how I found them, I originally found them on an, a website called American Pipe Dream, and they sell them about the same price that I paid for them, which was not even that bad. But I was like, dude, that would be so cool to open up on the show. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't a have a disgusting different. drink this time, but th- that's for patrons only. No, the only disgusting drink I guess you could say I have is a coffee. <laughs> it's uh, like you to get more energy. Coffee's okay. Should we play this clip? Oh, please do. 90. Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein sends his army into neighboring Kuwait. Its oil fields are rich for the taking. And Hussein may have his eye on Saudi oil too. Saudi Arabia quickly gathers its allies. The 39-nation coalition is the largest since World War II. They vow to bring Hussein to his knees. Withdraw from Kuwait or face a coalition ready and willing to employ all means necessary. Eight Apaches from the 101st Airborne Division prepare for the 200-mile flight into Iraq. We had to take out the radar sites at uh, 2.38 in the morning so all the aircraft could fly through this corridor. The Apaches take off and speed across the desert, cruising just 50 feet above the ground to avoid radar detection. There's a total blackout on navigation lights, total radio silence. If Hussein's radar detects them, they risk being shot down by the very target they've come to kill. It takes just over two hours for the Apaches to reach the radar towers. When they're five miles away, they hover for a moment, surveying their target. This is actual footage from General Cody's mission, the very first Apache strikes of Desert Storm. When we pulled the trigger, all four aircraft shot at the same time. You've got four to six Hellfires in route. The time of flight's about 12 seconds. And then all of a sudden, they start hitting. And when they start hitting, it's, things start exploding pretty quickly, especially when we hit the uh, where the generators and all the fuel was. OK, go set right here. Right. Do it. At about four kilometers, we started opening up with the uh, rockets that had the flechette rounds. Mm. And that was to take out the uh, air defense uh, guns that were out in front. And then as we get closer, we'd open up with the 30 millimeter and uh, finish off the job. 
It's four minutes of mayhem with 100% destruction. We put in excess of about 40 Hellfire missiles on the target, a uh, couple hundred flechette rockets, and a lot of 30 millimeter, and then broke and flew low level back. Destroying the radar towers opens up a piece of the sky 20 miles wide. About five minutes into the flight back, we could see the jets coming in right over our head. And that's how the air war started. Over 900 coalition aircraft make their way into Baghdad. Safe passage, courtesy of the Apache. Wow. Man, it would, be, it would suck to be on the receiving end of that. Yeah, that is a lot of rounds they just dumped within four minutes. That and that's a lot of money. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't want to reveal too much personal information, but the guys I've talked to who were in Desert Storm, they have some very different feelings about it. It's very interesting. Some of them talk about it like it, it was like the highlight of their life. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I've heard that. I don't know why that's kind of like though. the same thing all around um like with the black hawk down when they're moving when they're pulling out from it all that a lot of the u.s soldiers are like like they're failing the mission and abandoning these people because they were producing so much good and just decided that this was it they're done and pulled out and they were like this is not good we can't be doing this all because all that work they did was gone within a matter of seconds yeah but it just feels like failure yeah so yeah i can i can understand that um excuse me got a little bit of a cough here well that's that was kind of like the perfect video to accompany these cards i'm glad we watched that yep i figured it was like a little you know inspirational of what happened during desert storm to kind of open up the first like few like four minutes of that whole thing yeah explain it all. it was it's the longest video i had so the rest of them are going to be going by pretty quick and a lot more funnier this one was a little more serious and i was like ah it's the perfect video I kind of wanted to kind of go into more of Desert Storm with these cards, and I think I'm gonna find some stuff on Desert Storm to do eventually. So that'll be fun, something fun to do down the road with you. Okay. And uh, by that, I think I'll have I'll hopefully, and I I'm going to get it. I think I'm gonna buy it, and it's gonna be a housewarming gift for you. And I will tell you down the road what it is when we get there. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be an apartment warming gift, I should say. Yes, because I am a rentoid. Um. <laughs> Speaking of funny, I have a I have a funny news kind of funny news story, I guess, in a way. Check it out. It's the real life Michael Scott. The family of a North Carolina man who died driving over a collapsed bridge, saying he was following directions in Google Maps. ABC's Melissa Adon is back with that story. And Melissa, there's now a lawsuit. Did you see story that? And Melissa Look at that. What? <laughs> he drove right into a river because Google Maps told him to. What is this going on in the world here? This poor bastard was just trying to follow his Google Maps, and it took him down a road into a river. Oh, Lord. Good morning, Gio. It really is just disappointing here. A North Carolina widow is now suing Google after she says Google Maps guided her husband off the road and over an unguarded edge of a collapsed bridge. That crash then killing the father of two. This morning, Alicia Paxson is marking nearly a year since... I mean, it's not funny. A man is Wait, dead, but, like, Yeah, yeah, Christ. he's dead, but, but what the hell? Like, that looks like hey, either it was foggier than hell out that he didn't see that the bridge was not even built and there was something wrong, or 
He just didn't. He looked at. Well, I guess I gotta go this way and gunned it. Like, what the hell? Ha- what? Just shouting like Michael Scott. The computer knows, but look, it's the like computer. pretty obviously out. Something's wrong. Yeah, there's something in this. Like, something doesn't add up here. Like, what the hell is going on? Like the video of that car, like flipped over like that. That like he's seen it coming. Cause like that's like he came to a complete stop and just didn't like, like almost like didn't like just didn't stop in time. Like just enough for the car just toppled forward and that was it. What was the guy's like, name? I missed that. Um, I didn't catch it. Hold on, let me I was see. too amazed at the guy driving off a bridge that was pretty much gone. <laughs> Awesome. Good morning, Gio. It really is just disappointing here. A North Carolina widow is now suing Google after she says Google Maps guided her husband off the road. She's and smiling. Over- Look at her. She's smiling at this. The road and she, she's in the same boat as me. Is the camera can't believe it? <laughs> right. Boat. The father of two. Oh lordy. Off a collapsed bridge in North Carolina. Now she is suing Google for negligence, alleging it is responsible for his death just anger and why it would have been Phil Paxson Philip Paxson his name was Philip Paxson so easy to prevent wait her husband 40 hang on a second they show the picture of the kids here unblurred but in the beginning it was blurred oh my gosh (laughs) what a technical (laughs) failure and then they gave the names of the person like it, they didn't state the name at the beginning either but now they give the name so like wait a minute what what identity are we hiding here now can't even fathom it like, like, <laughs> what, what, okay the laugh what's she laughing about her husband died she's smiling too there and there's Dude, that. i'm telling you she told the google machine to drive him into the river again here's another again why are yeah. we blurring the kids? And then, then they blur him and the kids, and then it's not blurred at the bottom again. <laughs> yeah, the whole time oh. there's a there's a photo at the bottom on the uh, the Chiron, uh, on top of the Chiron, I should say, that's unblurred. And then in all the clips, all the other clips, they are blurred. Either they're blurred, or he's not blurred, and she's not blurred. And at the beginning, he the kids were just blurred. But now it's like they're not blurred at all, so you can see who they are. And then they give the name of the person and who they are, and I'm like. Wait a minute. So then all of that like hiding identity is just useless. You just gave access to anybody to find it. Yeah. Well, so wait a minute. So then what are we hiding here? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm starting to think this might be bullshit. I don't know if this is a real story, but well, it is a- ABC. You know, it's it's the media. We can't it's trust the media. It. <laughs> they make stuff up. So I wouldn't be that, surprised. This is just a bad, you know, failure. Like, oh, man, someone's losing their job. After but, this. but look at look at the this lady when she's talking about her husband dying. Like, watch this. Look at her face. Fathom it. <laughs> Laugh tell. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's just a big like. I'm laughing because it is funny. But she's and just like not really like sympathetic to it. <laughs> no, that's why I'm saying like, did this did this lady have this guy bumped off and then smeared his name by saying, oh, he was following Google Maps. Even the pictures, um, unless you go there and you look at the site. According to the lawsuit, can you pull back to that car? That yeah, picture? yeah. I yeah. want to see if is that the. I'm hope I'm hoping the way this ended out is that is that the bumper when it toppled. But that why that's a really weird way for it to fall. Right. He he would have had to drive it's off this down. way. Yeah, he would have had to drive off Wait, this way. So he came from the top of that, right? The top of that picture. I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So how had... did he get upside down? This is a hit. And even then, if it tipples tops down forward, it would do another flip forward into the water to go upside down. So, like, yeah, this the, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the wheels should be facing the other way. 
he would i'm like what the heck? what's going on in this picture wait a minute here. this doesn't make any sense either that it was upside down and pushed into the water <laughs> i know this is dude paxton was driving through an unfamiliar neighborhood and was using google maps the night his suv careened off a dilapidated bridge and filled with water his vehicle was discovered in the creek the following morning ah hang on a second that's not an suv <laughs> wait a minute what is it <laughs> That's a Jeep Gladiator. That's a truck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You got him. So to ex explain it even better, basically the Jeep Gladiator is just like if uh, they turn in the Jeep Wrangler into an, a truck by extending the tailgate. That's all it is, but it's a truck. It is the Jeep's truck platform. So the SUV's wrong. It's a truck. <laughs> That's a truck. Wait a minute. <laughs> this was literally a crater in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Um, on a dark and rainy night. He, he was... Okay, so it was dark and rainy. That, okay, now Dark that... and rainy night, but no, you know, here's another problem. Where's the signs? Where's the signs that say, hey, no, like, don't go this way. Do not enter. Danger. Well, there's no barriers, they... no, you know, lock, you know, cutoffs saying, hey, don't go this way. Do not enter kind of thing. Well, I'm guessing they're, I'm pretty sure when I saw this story, they're not just suing Google. They're suing like the county for not taking care of this. I was like, the county uh, should be sued for one thing for this, because this is like, you know, some type of lawsuit waiting to happen, which there you, there it is. But now from this angle, it does look like he could have come off this way and landed it, correctly. It, it would have had to, because then, yeah, it would only make more sense, because if he came the other way, there's no way that that picture way it like ended, it would have worked. He would yeah. have had to come on that way, hit the ground really. He must have been going pretty fast. Yeah, because he, he made it the middle almost to clearly that. He made it almost clear across. Yeah, he would have had to go pretty quick. He probably he got like halfway through on that picture. Okay, let's see what else they're saying. Claiming the bridge is unmarked without barricades and had been falling apart for a decade. But Google's GPS service still instructed drivers to cross it. As outlined in our complaint, we, we have evidence that even after this deadly incident, Google continued to route people over that collapsed bridge. Google's really yeah. it just came to me. You know what? This means that this was this bridge route was like take because usually Google cars drive through these areas to get an idea of what's going on. So they have like an unmanned car that came through here a long time ago, or someone who was driving the car a long time ago to track this area, and it said, "All right, this is a legal area to go." Just imagine for it like another like for them to redo it all that they send like the car thinks this is still a bridge, and the unmanned car does the same thing. To take the pictures for Google Map and get the surveillance of it, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think they're going to win this. There's no way they're going to win this. This is a lawsuit, no matter what happens. Because even then, like, how? I wonder what's the system for the for them to like identify like what rows are safe for you to take and how to like understand which way it should go. Right. Like let's I don't know more... that aspect of it, which makes me wonder. Let's hear more from the wife. One answers and i want who's ever responsible i mean to be held accountable um and you know i just we we want to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else so wait how old is this <clears throat> i think this happened today yesterday what and she's like that like walked away eh, it's whatever kind of feeling now like, yeah. how long ago did this happen to this lady like this her reaction is like completely different than what i would expect no, um, I agree. Yeah, I, this is this is stupid. <laughs> She's like very much like ah, you know. I wish like I had someone like we could figure out why this happened. 
you're like way more like comfortable with what just happened than anything but okay what i would like to talk about something i saw that i couldn't believe either though okay do you want to intro it or should we just play it so i'll give out the word it's the uh man dog go ahead and let it roll <laughs> man in japan this is so crazy yes he spent fourteen thousand dollars to transform himself into a very real looking like collie that's so what the fuck? This is taking a furry to the next level, people. So, Aaron, to like, uh, you uh, want to pause it? <laughs> uh, okay. So, before we roll any further, to explain the suit, so think of an actual like border collie, right? Like how it is right now. Just then, like that, it's it looks almost real. So, the way to explain how this man is in this suit, he's on his like, so you think of like how most people would get on their hands and knees and be like a dog. He's got his legs cranked up to his back, like up to his like butt. So his paws are on his knees for his back legs, and his his actual like legs is crammed up to him. Oh, I someone made a diagram to explain how this suit probably is for him to fit in this, and it looks super uncomfortable. Like I was explaining it to my freaking like my mom, like explaining this. I'm like I told her like, I couldn't believe this thing, and I showed her this. She goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "People have too much money to spend time on, and that they need to go to the mental institution for this. For like real. this is insane." And Bro. I was explaining how it is. I'm like, me even trying to attempt that position is like, it hurts. Like, my legs are not like limber enough to do that. Like, I can't get my legs to go almost touching my back while being on my knees. It's not comfortable. I'm like, doing this forever? Dude, Then I also raised the point that they spent $14,000 on this suit. That seems cheap. Not going to lie, but l let's carry on. I got to see this thing in action. Oh, That's go no ahead. And I'll explain even further. No. Are you kidding me? Stop. That's so realistic. Oh, wow. Okay. So here- Wait, listen to this AI sounding couple of airheads talking back and forth. Listen, listen to how they talk. No, are you kidding me? Stop. That's so realistic. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, ladies. We're going to performance a little bit. Yeah, that's a little insane. Out for the first walk in public. Oh, there's someone rubbing his belly. It's so bizarre on his YouTube channel called I Want to Be an Animal. He does tricks, even interacts with other dogs, but he's getting some backlash on Japanese social media. Some saying he should have used that money to go to therapy, but Togo says play acting like a collie makes him, act makes him happy. That's- Oh God, ladies, your delivery. That's to each their own, I guess. Makes him happy. The collie says play acting like a collie Makes him act, makes him happy. That's <laughs> it's the struggle, <laughs> struggling that prompters too fast. To each their own, I guess. But that looks so. Real. It is Fox. <laughs> yes, for the record, if you guys want to find a video of this, the video is called "Man Spends Fourteen Thousand Dollars to Transform into a Dog." It is from Fox Twenty Six Houston. Did you watch Lassie? Okay, sorry. Don't. Yeah. No, but... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But, but yes, you could spend, I say this is ridiculous, because you could spend $14,000 doing so much more. But is this a costume, or did they physically, like, put this fur on it? Oh my gosh, listen to her, she says costume. So much more. <laughs> is this a costume, or did they costume? physically, like, put this fur on it? I don't that would know, be I don't worse. get it. It's just weird. It's just weird. What, what is, this? this is like a freaking sorority news channel. <laughs> <laughs> you got these two like airheaded looking babes on here in flashy dresses talking about this is weird man what is fox doing 
it's lots of things wrong but to explain more of, about this i like saying the video is explaining how this man even fits into this suit and i'm like in spending 14 grand and this is the point where i always will say there's a reason why i don't mess with the free community they're willing to go this far and spending money that means they're willing to spend like a couple hundred bucks to send me a pipe bomb in the mail so i don't fuck with them <laughs> there's a reason why they're legit crazy like, they will they're crazy you. people they are crazy <laughs> I don't oh know about God. you, but fourteen thousand dollars—they're willing to do that and spend like six grand and just in those normal actual furry suits. They're willing to spend kind of money to send a bomb in my mail. So I don't really mess with them. So yeah, to each their own at this point. But I definitely think the guy might need to see some some therapy, some type of therapist or something. No, he needs to he needs to take a drive with Google Maps in the middle of nowhere <laughs> during a rainstorm. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, oh I couldn't gosh. believe it when I came across this because I kept finding the I found the video that didn't have these people talking. It was like, like a whole like, just like words come across the screen saying explaining the whole thing. And I was like, I can't believe this. This, this can't is, be real. And then not, someone else pipes in talking about it, showing off how the suit would work because someone had put a diagram together. I'm like, that is super uncomfortable. We don't live on a serious planet anymore, brother. Dude, no, we this don't. Week Especially, in clown like, this world. is Japan. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't well, surprise me with being Japan, <laughs> actually. Eh, there's some weirdos over there. I'm not going to lie. Not that I've been there, but I've heard things. Weird culture. And then Speaking... I can say the same thing about here. <laughs> <clears throat> and I, I want kind of want to bring this around to a completely different topic because I'm frankly tired of thinking about the man dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I noticed something today that kind of shocked me. Do you know about the website IGN? Yes. Okay, so for me, since I was like 15, it's like scratching an itch. I have to see what they're doing, even though they kind of suck. Um, it's video game news and stuff, and they're usually just like slobbering all over Disney. Like, they love Disney. Um, but today, they published not one, not two, but three articles trashing Disney, including this one that lists every entertainment company that Disney owns in 2023 which was a popular meme maybe four or five years ago when everyone was trying to point out that Disney was becoming a monopoly. So it's very strange yeah. for me to see a mainstream gaming site go after Disney so hard. You know, and I'm, I'm not sure what age, it signals. I, I could see it. Why, why do you say that? Because um, they actually came out recently. Uh, IGN was trashing AAA companies for saying that... Um, Oh, you know, Baldur's Gate, because that's at Baldur's Gate 3, phenomenal game. Just, I met the third act, I'm like, near the end, loving it. I mm. I played three campaigns, and I'm almost at the same point. I've having, I can't get enough of this damn game. But they've been saying, like, company, those AAA games are, like, company studios have been saying, oh, you know, Baldur's Gate is, a, is a, like, a fluke in the system. Like, don't expect us to make, produce, like, games as good and be polished as good. And IGN's like, no, you guys have way more money than these guys are able to make games. You should be able to produce these games as just as good. Yeah. So no, I, I, it doesn't I hate surprise that excuse making. Really coming at people, even though they make really bad reviews sometimes. IGN, <laughs> like they're really, really bad. Like the Cuphead one, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. But like um, they do hit some really good notes sometimes. Like I give it to them. They at least tend to try when they make articles more than like BuzzFeed and all that. I don't. I don't. I, I kind of go to the website because it's a normie site. And it helps mm -hmm. me keep like a, a finger on the pulse of like what's going on in Normie Entertainment. But it was just shocking to me to see three articles like all in there was one in the morning, one in the late morning, and then another in the afternoon. And it's just like okay, so other people are starting to understand that Disney is not, you know, the bee's knees all the time. 
you know? Yeah. I'm good with it because that means there's probably cultural change coming. And I'm I'm well, very happy I'm about that. Pretty sure with like what I think three or four of their recent movies just bombed so hard that they really are taking a step back at what they're doing because they just don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> they trash their reputation and well, they've really trashed the reputation now with uh, the Snow White movie, which I think they're even changing the way the name of that is even because it's not they Snow did White change and the Seven name. Dwarves. Yeah, yeah and I think they even combusted it now because of how much backlash they got from it because of all the stuff they changed on it. I don't understand this marketing strategy of putting something out and then attacking fans for not liking it. Yeah, calling them all <laughs> sorts of mean words. I don't get that strategy. But they've been trying to they've been doing it that way for years, so they've been really pushing it. Yeah. Um so I'm going to move on to my next clip. Have I ever talked to you about the Price Master? No. It would okay. maybe. I Probably. don't remember if you did. Okay, so I'm going to play the warning at the beginning of the video. Or not the warning, more the description. Hold on a second. <clears throat> we have to see that the FBI is really going to put you in prison for piracy. <laughs> Let's get ahead of this. Okay. There's a quote right up front, and, and it's all in white on red background. <clears throat> Environments are not passive wrappings, but are rather active processes which are invisible. The ground rules, pervasive structure, and overall patterns of environments elude easy perception. Anti-environments or counter-situations made by artists provide means of direct attention and enable us to see and understand more clearly. Humor as a system of communications and as a probe of our environment, of what's really going on, affords us our most appealing anti-environmental tool. It does not deal in the theory, I'm sorry, it does not deal in theory, but in immediate experience and is often the best guide in changing perceptions. By Marshall McLuhan, The Medium is the Message, a book which I've never read, but a guy who I really respect, which is kind of funny. I can't explain this to you without just showing you, okay? Okay. It's a garage sale, and there's a very specific kind of display happening. I'll just play it. I'm going to turn it down a little bit first. People up there just buying stuff, looking around, hearing music going. And his voice just says, make me an offer. Uh, I'll give you seventeen ninety-five. Seventeen ninety-five for the uh, mini TV. What the heck is going on here? I would say seventeen dollars for the mini TV. That's a good deal if you can get it at that. I take that back in the day. Describe to me what we're seeing here. What is this? Well, the best way I can put it is uh, a man in some NC Hammer pants <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, with a, I would have put like almost like a reflective freaking like top, like almost like you would see like, um, not like, it's like almost like those thermal like suits, like people use to like protect themselves from like, ex like stream heat because it's like yeah. that silver reflective wear. And the mask reminds me of a genie if it was just painted gold. <laughs> Exactly. Now, maybe now, you know what, a payday mask. It's that, like the new payday mask that's coming out for payday three. There it is. <laughs> well, I, ha I have the pleasure to announce that George has arrived. I don't know if he's live yet, but testing. I'm sure he's just testing. Okay, there you are. There we are. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> ah, sorry, I was switching out my desk chair for my wife's desk chair because mine squeaks terribly every time I breathe. Well, 
makes sense to me. Uh, did you catch any of this? I didn't see when you came in. Uh, no, no, I I clicked join and then went to move the desk chair, so I didn't have my headset on. Okay, this is this is the price master. I'm gonna play another bit. It's like a garage sale, but there's a weird auctioneer there. This is in Texas, by the way. Is that his actual lips there too? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So they. So they pick up stuff at the garage sale and they have to ask the price master how much it costs. And he's like, here's a good one. <laughs> it's pretty stupid. Aaron's probably already trying to calculate some sort of gematria pattern from the numbers. No, definitely not. <laughs> There's a whole YouTube channel just for the price master, which is great. It's funny all the way through. I mean, it's like, good lord. I know it's so, it's so stupid, but um, my brother randomly came across it, uh, and he had to show it to me. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. The this reminds me of like the taxidermy guy. <laughs> yeah. Price master. Charlie would stupid. never be buying a bronze crucifix. <laughs> $500. Uh, okay, so that's the price master. And speaking of price masters, we're going to get to your next link here in a second daniel but i had to play this of course for the main audience attention gamers aaron and george well they're in trouble and only you can help keep we talk about dead people on air i mean literally if you don't donate now wells fargo was gonna put in an atm in the history lab hurry it's true it's true. They they are going to put an ATM in the history lab if we don't get more donations. So it's all true. <laughs> oh God, it was there in Antarctica. I don't, I don't even want to talk about Wells Fargo, man. Ugh. Uh, God. Okay, so what do you, what what is this a game? So we're gonna we're gonna take a break for a minute and we're gonna play a quick game. <laughs> okay. And how are we taking a break? We just started. Exactly. <laughs> we started forty five minutes ago, bro. You were just at mass. Which is a good Ooh. excuse to get away from doing this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see how it is. You gotta cleanse the soul <laughs> before you, Shouldn't you, you do I all feel this. Like, I feel like maybe the soul cleansing should have happened after, if this is any indication. <laughs> well, you can go back tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry. I got more in the in the in the chamber locked and loaded for this, but this is something I pulled off the cuff because I was like, we need to do this. So I came across this a while back. Okay. And it's very interesting. It's human or not. And it's either you're talking to an AI or we're actually talking to another person from around the world. Hmm. So, Aaron, would you like to give it a shot and see if you can tell? Um, The experiment has ended. Thank you so much for playing and I having did... fun. Oh, that's so upsetting. I remember oh. when it came out. I was trying to do it back when we did a couple episodes, and I was, like, really hoping we could do this. But it never got to the point where we could do it because we just didn't have the time. <laughs> right. 
which is well, upsetting. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like there was some from what I was seeing, like people talking, it's really hard because you'll get like answers that seem like a bot and you're like, is this? And you're really questioning it. Yeah, yeah. There, I call them meme people. There are people out there in the world, if you can detect their pattern of thought, they talk like AI. They simply re regurgitate information and they don't actually they don't actually think it through. It's interesting. So it a too bad this is wide. ended. You know it ended in. I should have checked before I had the chance, but I do have George, a clip that we can watch, and at least this will clean, cleanse the palate. George, you had a comment? There's a terrifyingly wide overlap between the dumbest AI and the smartest people and the smartest AI and the dumbest people, and yep. it can be very difficult. I saw a good uh, screenshot from ChatGPT today where somebody was trying to get it to write some code, and it the person says that the code had some errors. Can you try to fix it? And ChatGPT says, well, it works when I run it. It really is getting more humid. <laughs> uh, I, I think AI is a very interesting topic, mainly because it does reveal a lot about the different kinds of intelligence there are out there. Because um, I used to be like, oh, you're really smart if you read a lot of books because you know a lot of stuff from the books. It's like, no, you actually gain like a better way of thinking by reading itself. It's exercising a muscle. It's well, not just putting stuff I on was, a hard drive. I was messing around with ChatGPT, um, making it compose things in Latin and try to compose Latin poetry in proper meter. And it was amazing because it was almost like it was almost like dealing with undergraduates. Like I told it to compose first, I told it to compose a elegiac couplet. And it stole one from the Roman author Ovid and tried to pass it off as its own. And I recognized and was like, you didn't write that, Ovid did. And it was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Let me try again. And it writes another one. The meter doesn't work at all. It's all, the meter is very wrong. Um, and I tell it, no, the meter doesn't work, fix it. And so it just changes some of the marks set to show that some of the long syllables are actually short if they're still the same syllables it didn't change the text at all the meter still didn't work it just wrote marks that do not go with the meter over the words and be like see now it's works the meter is good now it's like you didn't <laughs> change anything you just removed the sides that show it was wrong and put sides that show it's right even though those sides <clears throat> don't correspond to what you wrote Thank it's like you. wow this is just like an undergrad <laughs> Thank you, budget C-3PO. Uh, <laughs> should, should we watch this clip? Well, let's do that. Okay, let's Ford do it. Recalls 42,000 trucks. Let's this do it. Norfolk, Nebraska got a call about a, a guy driving... Get this guy a glass of water. <laughs> a guy driving through town with a cow in the passenger seat. So they figured it's maybe a cute little baby calf. Well, here's what they found. Oh, that's oh, a full. What the? <laughs> is that real? This is real. Size <laughs> bull, riding shotgun <laughs> in a specially designed seat. An officer pulled him over. Turns out the bull's name is Howdy Duty. What? <laughs> His owner takes him to parades and fairs around the state of Nebraska. Oh. The officer let him off with a warning, but told the owner to keep driving, leave town. <laughs> and take Howdy Duty home. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific, on our streaming channel, Today All Day. To watch, head to today.com. Well, I thought this was America. <laughs> oh.
downtown, walking fast, faces pass, and I'm homebound. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help, but I had to see that bull riding in the car with that song. Oh, that's amazing. Ugh. Okay. Well, I just love that they have the horns on the front of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those are some big horns. I don't even know what kind of bull that is. And I was like very amazed when I saw, like, wow, that's that can't be real. <laughs> right. It I, doesn't... Th I thought as a uh, as a professional in the field of media, you were an expert on different types of bull. No. <laughs> oh! Well played. Speaking of media, I have something here of a man who is giving into the darkness. Um, just, just not really holding fat onto onto reality. Let's have a listen. Then, uh, Chris, what were you going to say? Well, to be honest, Bruce, because I, I did overhear the conversation just a bit earlier about what exactly the man was screaming about. I actually looked into these schizo posters and. I mean, I have to say, I am really not sure what I'm looking at here at all. Hey, uh, kind of, Chris, I think uh, sure, we... Visually, they are very beautiful images, but there also seems to be quite a bit of concerning text laid over the artwork. Bruce, have you ever heard of the gateway process and the CIA's research into consciousness energy grids? Are you aware that this stuff is all real? I mean, the CIA actually conducted tests to determine... Hey, Chris, 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 uh, let's uh, try to keep this coverage on topic for our viewers for now. I'm sure that's all something we can get into later, but for now... I would just really appreciate it if we could focus on what's actually happening on the ground there. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? Wait a minute. He's, it's, he went full schizo post on the air. Also seems to be quite a bit of concerning text laid over the artwork. Bruce, have I'm assuming you ever he's looking the at the graffiti on that wall there. It's got to be. I don't know. I just love this bit. Ever heard of the it's amazing. process and the CIA's research into consciousness energy grids? Are you aware that this stuff is all real? I mean. I'm pretty sure it's an AI voice. It's gotta be. Yeah. It sounds way out of there. Speaking like... of, I have another AI voice here. Come, Nerevar. Today we will draw <laughs> the mongrel dogs of the Empire as Soyjaks and us as the Giga Chads. We will create amusing strawman drawings of the false gods of the Tribunal and send it to them through the internet. Come, I have prepared a computer for you within the heart chamber. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, okay. What's this? What, what's this clip you sent me? Well, uh, <laughs> we should just play just, it. Let's yeah. just do it. Next story about a woman who got stuck in an outhouse is a lesson that some things maybe are left better lost. <laughs> uh, the woman, she was a, at a boat launch in Michigan and had to be rescued after going down the toilet <sighs> to fetch her Apple Watch. The oh. good news is that she found it. The downside, though, she got stuck literally down in the dumps. Fortunately, somebody heard her calls for help. Rescue crews had to remove the toilet and hoist her out. No doubt a foul experience. Oh. Okay, so this makes me wonder, is there any item you guys have that would be worth that retrieval wow. to you? No. Wait, what, was the, what was the item? <laughs> no. Apple her Apple Watch. watch. Maybe oh. something cinnamon. Definitely Aaron's vape. <laughs> so, I want to bring it back to a moment for that. So the police officers had to remove that toilet. How did she get down there? I mean, either she unbolted the toilet and put it back over in the hole, <laughs> or maybe she's just, just an exceptionally tiny woman into the toilet. Like this is like how well, big was the opening? So usually those have like a full diameter drop. Yeah, but I mean, like the way if there were like there was a normal looking toilet, I thought over it. Like even then. I'm assuming like maybe the size of like a little bigger than like an airport, like the uh, the planes toilet hole. 
Because I'm seeing in an yeah, house, like the like old, like the old fashioned house, like that's got the lift up the seat and you can lift up the whole thing and get into it if you needed to. But like, I'm assuming that that had to be sitting over a hole that big, which makes sense. But like, wow. This is ridiculous. I just, some things you just leave down in the dumps down there and just say, you know what? It's lost. <laughs> it's an Apple watch. You can get another one. It's not like a wedding ring. Even then, I mean, like, what? You can't just say it's uh, damaged or it was stolen, <laughs> you know? Well, have For a little insurances. patience. Go get yourself a magnet on a stick and then try to fish it out. Don't climb oh, down into oh. it. No, that's lost. I wouldn't even bother with that. I mean, if it was like a really, really one of really those fat. little grabby dinosaurs. There you go. <laughs> you might be grabbing something else that's floating down there. Yeah, like uh, little the little triceratops that live in all campground outhouses. Y'all don't know crazy, about that, man. Yet, but that, that's a classic conspiracy theory. There are gnomes in the woods and tiny triceratops in all campground outhouses. <laughs> but speaking of conspiracy theories, I have a conspiracy theory video about the ice wall that pre prevents us all from discovering flat Earth. Southward ho! The start of one Admiral Byrd's six expeditions. Later, Byrd charts the course as the ship, her masts outlined against a scarred ice wall, nears the end of a 14,000-mile journey. The sea is strewn with loose, broken ice, but the sturdy ship crunches steadily on to her improvised berth against the ice barrier. pushed on, right up to the ice barrier. Make sight of that great natural phenomenon, the ice barrier. Okay, and now we watch a boomer's montage of giant ice walls. <clears throat> Gentlemen, what do you think of this? Well, as someone who flew over Greenland a few months ago, there is a lot of ice when you go near, you know, near the, the Arctic. Like, there are hundreds of miles of ice, so without a, uh, a sort of aerial view, it could look like it's one log straight line pretty easily. Hey, Aaron, can you do me a favor? Yeah. <laughs> Play this over the video. <laughs> what do we got here? This is like straight out of the Twilight Zone, man. <laughs> when you hear things like this in that opener in the old fashioned, it only oh. brings me back to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I figured this is perfect. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. Look at that ice a dimension of sight. See, look. A dimension of mind. It's flat. I You're promise. moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Okay, well, <clears throat> it's a conspiracy theory. Daniel, I did see your other clip, but I'm on a roll now. We'll get to that at the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, check this out. So as far as conspiracy theories go, I discovered a new YouTube channel not long ago called Evil Food Supply. And they do these, like, really excellent, the like, short videos about basically how everything's a scam now i i can't turn this down so you guys are just gonna have to turn it down if it's too loud um, got it <laughs> but i found this short and i thought it was pretty interesting food pyramid is literally a scam see in the 70s the u.s started to notice something weird people were getting super obese 
So the USDA began to work on food guidelines so Americans, especially children, would stay healthy. But when a nutritional expert came up with the first healthy version of the food pyramid, something strange happened. First, they cut the recommended five to nine daily servings of fruit and vegetables in half. Then they pushed the recommended three to four daily servings of bread, pasta, and cereals to a whopping six to 11 servings. Because processed sugar is so much better for your health than vegetables. They even put crackers and other stuff filled with lots of sugar at the base of the food pyramid. Why? Because that's what big food wanted. And they lobbied the USDA to push the food they sold. Subscribe for our so there's a 25 minute video or so about this, the food pyramid and how it was constructed. It's a conspiracy. It's not well, even I can believe it. Theory. I mean, didn't um, Kellogg's cereal just like get like they're underneath a lot of heat and they're going to like court over the same them saying they can put cereal as a healthy bread, like part of your diet is it's their first amendment right to say that. Yes. And people are suing mm -hmm. them for it. So yeah, I could see this. This makes total sense for them to try it. Yeah. It wouldn't, I could believe it. I think this calls for some of the real food pyramid, which is McChrystal's original and genuine tobacco snuff. <laughs> so this almost reminds me of the South Park episode where they're telling talking about flipping the pyramid and it's like basically adding a lot of butter. <laughs> to yeah. Can you can you hear me encephalating over the mic? No, we can't hear you snorting no. snuff no, off me, of your knife. Let me get closer to the mic. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's still cutting that. It. No, nope. I thought Stop. I heard it for a second the first time. <laughs> That's like a cryptid. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was thinking about this and the food pyramid like became a thing during a time when America was like super excited about industrialization and basically um like using science to shape the world of tomorrow. So I have a Could couple of videos. Me. What? Could not be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I was born when we turned it into a plate. <laughs> Can you remember those days? Yeah. Um, so I decided that I think for our big topic for the show, before we get into more um, silly stuff, is going to be futurism, retrofuturism in particular. I have an interesting video here. Can I just um, say that your bookmarks bar is trippy as hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, try it. Trying what? to piece together the tortured psyche that put together that collection of bookmarks. Uh, all I can say is that it's not organized. Those are just there randomly. I don't know. Wasteland mythology. Got it. I'll have to yeah. look that up. Sausalito News. Yeah. That's, uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Okay. Let's let's stay on, on course <laughs> is here. That the, okay. Is that the Johnstown flood? Probably. Yeah, probably. So what's with the Amazon link? The secrets of the secret history of the. I want to know. I'm not telling you. <laughs> I guess it's a secret. It's it's a secret <laughs> history. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is this is called Electro the Smoking Robot, and it was at the 1939 New York World's Fair. Here, I present to you Electro, the Westinghouse Moto Man. Electro, come here. And here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, walking up to greet you under his own power. George, would you like to describe what we're looking at here? 
actual footage of me going to teach my 8 a.m. class. <laughs> Moving at the snail pace. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's bad when they have to skip a couple seconds ahead just to show him getting closer than he yeah, really I'm was. I like the dude who just sort of crossed his arms and leaned back when it started moving. It was like, okay, we're going to be here a while. Or <laughs> <laughs> we're missing is the uh, SpongeBob announcer saying, uh, you know, 12 hours later. <laughs> so they claim that it's walking, but when they show a wide shot, you can clearly see that there's a contraption underneath the stage that's moving its legs and sort of scooching it across the stage. But, um, yeah, this is this is the kind of bullshit they were trying to peddle back then, and people kind of believed it because science was, you know, the new thing. The science was going to solve everything, right? Before you play it, I like to describe to the listeners what this thing looks like. Think of the Tin Man, but in gold. Yeah, it has That's like a really bell-shaped torso with a giant hole in the middle. Now, I would say, is that a hole? I thought it was maybe a black dot that just put on it. No, you'll see. You'll see. It's a hole as we go further on. But let's uh, let's let. Is uh, it an ashtray? <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, it's clearly being conveyed. And then he rotates it. You see, all I need to do is to speak into this phone, and Electro does exactly what I tell him to do. Sometimes. But I don't see why I'm telling Electro's story when he's perfectly able to tell his own. So let's listen and see what Electro has to say to us today. All right, Electro? Will you tell your story, please? Who? Me? Yes, you. Okay, toots. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be very glad to tell my story. I am a smart fellow as I have a very fine brain. Uh they had AI voices back then. This technology has been around for years. Obviously, this is a performance of some kind, but it's it's called Electro the Smoking Robot, so you got to get to the part that's actually interesting where they feed him a cigarette, and he smokes it on the stage. Let's see here. I'm going to try to give you a nice pleasure out of these. So here you are. Sticks is a weird place to start. You got that? That, that was a weird thing to follow, that last line. <laughs> you may now smoke this cigarette. Go on. Oh, yes, Electro, you do need a light, too, don't you? All right, here you are. And folks, he's only two years old, too. Just learning. Yeah, just learning, guys. <laughs> Getting him started earlier on the old on the old desk sticks. So I guess my major main comment here is that this was this was a thing for like forever. Science was gonna save us from everything. Uh, it was going to do all the cool shit, and then we wouldn't have to work anymore, and we were going to have smoking robots and, and shit This is, like, like just straight out of, like, the the world of tomorrow, like a house that was built in the future, and they, like, had those videos explaining what, like, futuristic houses would look like. That's funny that you say that.
great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of, course, of every day. The most famous There's a great big beautiful The most famous scene of retrofuturism is the carousel of progress at Disney. Have either of you been on that thing? Um no. I wanna say yes, actually. It's like a if big I was, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it's like a big rotating room and they show you like a living room from like the 1940s and then they work it up to 1980s and then 2000s and then the future. Yeah, this sounds really very familiar. Like, I think I did it when I was a kid. Like, it would have been a long, long time ago, but I don't remember. It sounds very familiar, though. Yeah. Um. So I went and watched a, an updated version of it. Somebody did it 4K POV, you know, GoPro in the theater. And they've updated it again. Now there is no future, which is interesting. They just have now. Now, you know, back when I was a kid and we went in there, like the kid was playing with the little animatronic kid was playing with a VR headset and he was blowing up aliens on his TV. Um, you know, the mom was on the phone with somebody from China, like that kind of stuff. And now they just yeah, show modern technology. What else is there for us to show? <laughs> like, right. They kind of get to that point where like, ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they got rid of the tomorrow at the end of the carousel of progress. We're done. It's as far as we go. I love how it always comes back to Disney, that creepy rat that it is, Mickey Mouse. I know, right? <laughs> always back to them. Good Lord. Mm. It amazes me that this company is still able to produce some type of turnaround with money <laughs> with the way I they've been going and trending with everything. <laughs> not for long, dude. Not for long. So I have here uh, one of these videos that Daniel was referencing. It's like, this is what you, it's going to be like in the future. So we'll just play this real quick. Unless George had something to say. No, 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 not at all. Honestly, don't sound so disappointed saying. whenever he talks, Aaron. <laughs> no, I just, I just, uh, I just, I want to leave sufficient gaps because you know there's one more of us here than usual. Um, okay, so here's a clip from the 1960s. This is what the future is going to look like in 1985. 85. Imagine, just imagine, seven thousand tomorrows from 1964. When today's one-year-old has 22 candles on her birthday cake, 21 for her years, and one to grow on. Her home, far from city water supply and utilities, is self-sufficient, with its own central energy generator to supply the power for light, heating, and cooling, and all appliances. Her home of 1985 is comfort conditioned in every season. It's air-cooled or heated, always filtered pure and at the ideal humidity. Water, too, is always pure and healthful, scientifically conditioned for tastier cooking and efficient snow-white laundering. She'll even have her own indoor garden using the remarkable Tektrol process in which vegetables, fruits, and flowers will grow rapidly to great size in an atmosphere enriched with carbon dioxide. Fresh garden-grown produce year-round, but her garden is indoors, right next to her kitchen. Mrs. Homemaker 1985 will use her central vacuum system to dust and to wash, dry, and wax her floors. And now let's ask her to tell about her shiny new kitchen in 1985. Yes, wonderfully exciting things have happened since 1964. Imagine you've just returned from a half-hour space flight from London, Tokyo, Buenos Aires. You'll find that much of modern space-age science has been applied to the inner space. Can't even space, get through security in that time. 
Ah, yes, Oysters Rockefeller. I see how it is. <laughs> You'll have an inventory control readout feature to tell you at any time what meats and other foods oh, you have in storage. Dear God, we're out of spare ribs. <laughs> we're low on sugar. Get that we're high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> Better go ask the neighbor all for some sugar. Low on sugar. While you're preparing or planning your meals, you can keep in touch with the rest of your home and family on a closed-circuit television system with voice intercom. Is everything as it should be in the nursery? No need to traipse off there to make sure. So you go ahead with dinner. A button operates your menu-matic control to order foods from storage to be heated at a preset time when you need them in your microwave oven. For fresh foods, fruits, vegetables, even flowers for your table, you don't. So this was supposed to be 1985. Boys, we were robbed. <laughs> we were robbed. <laughs> Did, oh man! So we obviously didn't meet these goals um, in time <clears throat> for 1985. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I bet you there's some things. The hit, but not all of it. Yeah, like that. Yeah, but we don't have central power in our own homes, right? I mean, we could, but uh, we can blame our local, you know, energy company that says, "Hey, guess what? No, disallowed. There should be a nuclear reactor in every home. That's the American <laughs> I would way. That. Yeah, it's the American way. So it's like it's it's like I was looking at these clips, and I I thought I brought more, but this is actually all I have for the retrofuturism thing. It feels like uh, there was a completely different attitude towards science back in the day. It was like this this miraculous miracle worker. And now lots of people are like, they think science is kind of cringe, and also they don't trust it. Well, I mean, it makes sense because if you look at how it's being marketed here, it's being marketed that science is going to actually make normal people's lives easier and better, which didn't really keep on once you got to the once you got into the 80s it was no science is just going to continue to advance the military industrial complex and everyone's going to get poorer and fatter and fatter and less healthy and less able to well do anything and degendered you know that's a that's another part of this it's like this 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 demonstration here like they still have extremely traditional family roles like this woman's talking about taking care of the children and you know cooking dinner and all of this stuff that's just not how it that's just not how it panned out nowadays ah uh, yes the one place the lady was supposed to be in the kitchen as good old disney would have it <laughs> with with her microwave <laughs> oven and inventory readout on a computer screen showing that she is dreadfully low on spare ribs i will say if there's one thing they can get rid of on that monitor it was the mayonnaise Ugh. There, there's been a second <laughs> disgusting beef roast. <laughs> yeah. a, a second beef roast has entered the food storage <laughs> yeah i just find it interesting because you know nowadays it's almost like science is only interested in getting us to consume more product and stay glued to our screens um 
it's not really being applied to any end. And that's sort of the question I've had for a while is like, isn't a society supposed to do something other than like eat? Shouldn't we have like some sort of social goal, but everything's so divided and crazy. And you know, the science is so obviously corrupted at this point. It's like, we can't have this starry eyed vision of the future that these people had. We were robbed of our futuristic trad wives. <laughs> is that yeah. tab in Russian over there? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering yes. the same thing. <laughs> it is in Russian. It is in Russian. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a couple of uh I got a couple of I got probably two more serious ones that are, have nothing to do with retrofuturism, but I think we need to get to Daniel's clip here. Uh, I'll also we... post the other one just in case. But uh, yeah, mine aren't really serious. <laughs> They're just back to goofy things. That's fine. I'm plenty serious here at the end. Um, I woke up. Okay, so here we go. Up to see a male standing over me by my bed telling me he was going to cut me. A terrifying start to the day for 87-year-old Marjorie Perkins. I jumped out of bed, got my shoes on real fast because they don't have ties, and I was ready to kick. Her intruder quickly learned he had picked the wrong home to break into. Thinking fast, Marjorie says she picked up the only thing nearby. I grabbed my chair, and uh, he grabbed me by the shoulders and pushed me against the wall and so forth. So I took my chair and I kept hitting him. Having had enough of Marjorie's beating, she says the young man headed for the kitchen. He said he was very hungry, so I gave him crackers and peanut butter. While he was eating, Marjorie took the chance to call police. The intruder inside her home on Beverly Drive, police say, is a juvenile who is staying just a few blocks away. You just don't think it's going to happen in your neighborhood, and here it is. Uh, so it's surprising. The incident shocking those who live nearby. Looking over her home after Marjorie says the young man must have got in through this back window. And this was pushed way over. No doubt a terrifying experience. But Marjorie says there's no need to have sympathy. Don't sit and cry about it. If it comes up again, do it again. Be ready to kick and then pick up a chair and hit somebody with it. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. Uh, God bless this chairs. lady. <laughs> Hit people with chairs. And yeah. then feed them. <laughs> yeah, it's but don't Perkins with the steel chair. <laughs> <laughs> don't give the criminals the good peanut butter, though. You give them the dog peanut butter. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we don't live in a serious country anymore. I keep saying and that. It... All right, so we got one more here from so, Daniel. Uh, I've learned very quick, Aaron. I will never touch your hot pockets. <laughs> okay. And is charged with shooting his roommate during an argument over food. Clifton Williams faces an assault charge. According to court records, Williams was mad because the man had eaten the last hot pocket. It happened Saturday night at their <laughs> home on Hathaway Avenue. The victim was found a few blocks away on Beecher Street. In court today, a judge set Williams' bond at $7,500. Wait, it's not clear. Who was the victim here? Uh, the guy who... Is <laughs> the guy who I'm assuming in this picture is the one who shot someone. <laughs> but he, the other guy took the last hot pocket. <laughs> villainous behavior. That man, look at his face. He knows that he is justified in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> That's the this man the who's, face of a who's man done. Who's ex <laughs> this is the man's for the eyes. This is the face of a man who knew that he's justified in what he did. And yes. it's okay. We all know it's fine. <laughs> he did the needful with a big smile on his face. 
This like is the that, face uh, of like, I'm getting away famous, with murder. That famous gravestone in Texan from Henry Clay Allison. He never killed nobody that don't need killing. <laughs> That's Clifton Williams <laughs> shooting his roommate over a hot pocket. <laughs> Put that on his gravestone. <laughs> So oh, yes, if I find a hot pocket from you, Aaron, I will not touch it. It will stay with you. <laughs> Last thing I need is to get old. I ain't gonna shoot you, buddy. I'm just gonna grab a baseball bat and never mind. Grab a chair. Oh, I thought you gonna grab a chair. <laughs> grab a chair. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got some options here. I got two really short, stupid ones, and then I've got two kind of serious, kind of weird, kind of needs commentary ones. What do you guys want to do? More stupid shit? Um up to you i'm down for more weird stuff or something serious okay I'm let's let's do it let's do a serious one and then we'll get to the stupid stuff actually let's do both serious ones and then get to the stupid stuff okay do you sure. guys know who dennis prager is unfortunately yes and i i actually don't so this will be interesting and i'm upset now that i heard that uh george um <laughs> would you care to explain who dennis prager is uh, so he basically runs a media empire for sort of normie conservatives, um, you know, which is like most political sources is right some of the time, which is common sense. Like, you know, maybe this is ridiculous that, you know, murderers are being let out without bail. We should do that. But he's also just a complete chill for the usual military industrial complex, corporate interests. He has libertarian tendencies. So basically, you know, anything which hurts our dear little corporations is obviously anti-american and wrong so yeah I, he's sort of the definition of like normie conservative media yeah i'd say that's a that's a pretty good description would does he work with that guy uh charlie kirk did turning point i think yeah i think turning point did do some sort of collab with with prager and he calls his whole media empire prager university even though it says nothing to do with universities or like actual you know educational topics it's just short videos about owning the libtards yeah that's pretty much what i gathered this is the kind of stuff my mom used to listen to um before i got her onto the real podcast the really good ones you know um this is the kind of stuff i would have listened to growing up you know being raised in a conservative family um but i just wanted to show you guys this clip i don't know if you saw it um george you, you're probably I'm more likely to see it but I don't think you, I did, but I'm hopeful based on the fact it's posted by somebody named Pints with Aquinas. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not holding out hope for either one of these guys, but the guy that I have highlighted on the thumbnail right now, that is Dennis Prager. The other guy is Pints with Aquinas. Good. I just want to, I just want to play this for you guys and get a reaction, okay? Suppose a man says, I view animated child porn. So there's no real victim in that sense right. of child pornography, which we both agree is horrendous. And by viewing animated child porn, it prevents me from acting out sexually on a child. Now, I, I deny that. I think that pornography inflames us to then want to act those fantasies out. And I think there's good studies that back that up. But surely you wouldn't say to the man who views animated child pornography, that's not bad so long as you don't act it out. Wouldn't you want to help this poor sick dude? Yes, I would, but I'm thrilled that he's not acting it out. I mean, Agreed. Okay. Of course. Well, that's big. Yeah. We're both thrilled <laughs> that he might have a poor substitute, but it is a substitute if that were the case. No child is being used. Yeah. It's all animated. Yeah. 
and uh, and he. But would you would you use the word evil of animated child pornography? Because no, I, I certainly I, would. I no, I would use evil only with behavior. That's where we might differ. Yeah. Forgetting the sex issue, you can't be evil. You didn't do evil if you thought evil. You I, did if evil I'm if you committed to animated pictures of pornography. I'm not doing something evil. That's correct. Yeah, I think that's I think that's despicable. Yeah. Really? Yes, of course. Who is being hurt? You have to have a victim. Oh, I'll tell you, there's at least two people being hurt. There's the person who's poisoning himself by yes, encouraging yes, him to right. think I acting out on okay. children. And there's also so the animator. Okay, wait a minute. We both we both are aching for him not to have those fantasies. I agree with you, but I... But I, you won't call it evil. I, I won't call a fantasy evil. Thank you so much for watching that clip. Why does he look like he eats babies? I don't know. Your reaction. Let's start with you, George. Well, first off, he looks like he eats babies. <laughs> <laughs> Something weird about his teeth. He like has too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> like one tooth. I feel like there are too many teeth visible. Well, somebody in the uh, the dental industry screwed up on his dentures then. Ah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's as, as far as not it's the, the it's the it's the bullshit you deal with every day with people of a libertarian mindset, the sort of myopic, short sighted, you know, as as long as by a very narrow definition, no one is being harmed. We're just going to apply the old NAP and then leave everybody to just sink into further levels of depravity, which will inevitably down the road lead to social chaos and evil but because we're libertarian god forbid we take away somebody's freedom to be an absolute fuckwad <laughs> what do you think daniel i'm i'm at a loss for words this it's is a amazing. conservative this is a conservative that's right? where i find it very amazing because usually it's like that's this is extremely frowned upon you yeah. think of conservatives i was expecting this more for like a left side you know argument yeah like that would have made total more sense. Like this, something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah, something's I feel like very I'm in wrong. like the like the opposite world right here. Yeah, yeah. I remember when this guy started rearing his ugly head, um, his ugly baby eating head with too many teeth. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, this feels like a natural response to like the craziness on the left. That there would be somebody who would finally say, no, we're gonna produce more conservative media that's not just Fox News, etc. But then to go and see this. I am like I would be we one hundred percent surprised if he's not a total fraud. I don't think yeah. this man believes in anything. Yeah, I can see that. He probably believes in a low corporate tax rate. Yeah, I'm sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, I'm sure of it. But yeah, I just wanted to put that in front of you guys, um, because it, it it took me, it shocked me, and uh, made me want to and encouraged by parents not to listen to these psychopaths at all anymore um i think you're better off listening to joe rogan honestly than this for real like i don't even have like a lot of love for joe rogan um i don't love all of his a lot of his guests but like at least you're not getting poisoned with this kind of stuff like a concern an older conservative but what about those chimps man <laughs> pull, pull up that video pull up the video jamie get me the chimps actually did you guys ever see the uh the trunk monkey oh my yes God. yes we're gonna play a trunk yes. monkey Let's see if we can that looks terrible okay so there's a guy breaking into a car 
there's a monkey in the trunk. Who's reading the casino magazine? Theft retrieval system. Because sometimes getting your car back is simply not enough. Another revolutionary idea you'll only find at Suburban Auto Group. Uh, I just like anyway. the, the YouTube channel Ukraine Arsenal. <laughs> Ukraine Arsenal. <laughs> it's just chicks with guns, like literal, literal uh, baby chickens with guns. That's their picture. Okay, so to to stay on the um, degeneracy of the the modern American world, uh, I also pulled a clip from a church in Texas. Have you guys heard of these Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? Regrettably. Yeah, I, I I again have not, and again I am not worried. <laughs> they're they're drag performers, um, who mock Catholicism in their dress and their behavior. Um, they recently got into a controversy with a baseball stadium that banned them because they felt their performance was too perverse for children, and eventually the stadium apologized and invited them back, and they had their performance. Yada yada yada. They made a big thing, anyway. So there's a church in Texas that took them in. Um, and they recited the liturgy of the new American church. Um, please listen with me. We recognize that all people are made in the loving image of God, no matter who they are, how they dress and express themselves, or who they love. We Yes. Like pure white makeup. Yes. They look like the insane clown posse. <laughs> That's all it looks like. Yeah. Have you ever heard of them? No, but it sounds like an insane clown um, posse. It's, You've uh, never heard of the insane clown posse? No. Look them up. Just look them up really quick. You'll understand <laughs> as soon as you see a picture of it. Insane clown posse. I think it's also known oh, as... Oh, yeah, Jugglers. yeah. The yeah. magnet guys. The magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that from the distance here, that's what I thought for a second. I'm like, are these all insane clown bossy? <laughs> yeah. Um, George, your take. Uh, I think I'll just leave it at Argentum maiorum et aro maiorum non poterit liberare eos in die judice domini. Word. Um, Agreed. How does that translate? Yeah. Um, all their riches will not be able to save them on the day of the Lord's judgment. Pretty much. Or perhaps Galatians 6, 7, Deus non iredetur, God will not be mocked. Yeah, and that's what they're doing, isn't it? They've got a, they've got a priest up there pretending to be a priest. 
and they're they're pledging their allegiance to this globalist weird cult. Um, I mean, it's it's, kind of, it's the same thing as with super the cringe neo atheism, where you know mm. they claim to not care about religion, but they spend their entire lives obsessing about religion. It's the same with with this. You know, they their whole existence is designed not actually for anything about them. It's all designed for, uh, around the mockery of something else. Yes. I would just like to notice because they're deeply troubled, broken individuals. Yeah. And I just want to point out the, the audience, they look like normal people, but they are part of it. I see cult. a lot of boomers. I see a I, lot of boomers. I see a lot of boomers. Now I've studied cults. I've studied a lot of cults. Um, particularly the one that comes to mind is the Jim Jones cult. Um, this is the kind of things that they were saying on the tape that you can listen to of everybody poisoning themselves at the end. They are saying these kinds of things, and Jim yeah, Jones I feel like is that screaming. Doesn't at get, it doesn't get sort of remembered as much that Jim Jones had been like held up as sort of a, a you know a prominent model of what progressive Christianity could look like. That oh, they all killed themselves with poison Kool Aid. Uh, maybe we're going to downplay the fact that we were holding him up as a example to the masses of progressive Christianity. It's bad. It's it's. I mean, no. I, Without trying, with, while trying not to pass judgment on this, this behavior is scary. I'll pass uh, judgment. It's okay. Okay, first, you can pass judgment. Another hit of McChrystal's original and genuine tobacco snuff. <laughs> Daniel, what do you think of this? I, I, my thought of the first came to. I wonder how many people actually got up right before this start and just left. I mean, That's if a good the question. scenario is anything like it looks like in that church, I think they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, it amazes like, me. Like a lot of these people, foot, I would. The 50-foot rainbow banner, I <laughs> yeah, feel like kind of, it tips it off a little bit, shows the hand, so to it speak. It also amazes me with how old these people are, that they're they're allowing, they're okay with this. Yeah. Because, like, I'm thinking of, like, my dad and my grandpa, and the first thing they would have been like, no, and they would get up and go. They're not, I, did not, I, I hope, didn't I hope fight for your rights for you to do yeah. this kind of thing. <laughs> I hope their hand is the only thing they showed, but you never know with these kind of things. Christ. <laughs> Christ. I assure you he has nothing to do with this <laughs> you're right you're right uh yeah I don't know I, I came across this and it, it really disturbed me and you know oh if you really uh, want to see something disturbing then you want to play the second video I just sent you okay the one that's 759 yep okay let's see should here. be okay we'll close out the cathedral of hope how to drink yeah. scotch whiskey other one oh, that sounds <laughs> like a nice palette cleanser. looking at 759 that sounds that like a be, nice palette it's a good, cleanser after it's a good one <laughs> okay but first uh, uh, first play the other one because we don't want to get into a nasty spit okay hang on a second if i need to I'll replace that's a man the... i trust about totally Scott obsessed pac-man okay so how, what part it. of this are we watching the whole um, thing it should be the just the beginning i think just the, good just enough okay Meet Tim Crist, a man obsessed with Pac-Man. Hmm? After all this time, he's still there. He's still yellow. He's still perfectly round. He's still eating things. But Is this like his glowing Chris Chan's long-lost brother? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Light is always protecting me and guiding me and making all my enemies blue and edible. Behold, I am Pac-Man. Is this a joke? The, the dimensional merge is no, happening. This is I real. If I... I'm like, if you don't want to go any further, <laughs> the drool will be there. 
and he'll be reaching in his pockets instead of for a condom, he'll be reaching for tokens. Quarter, 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 quarter. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Mario, might I perhaps ask you for some quarters that I may offer them to the great yellow one? Okay, it's the same kind of thing, right? It's like, it's, it's a thraldom. That's what it is. It's thraldom. Yeah, I believe I remember reading an article on this. Like, this is wild. And I think he, like, either A, uh, does it to the machine because <laughs> he loves it and he wants to marry Pac-Man. What? It, yeah, uh, it's like, I remember reading it somewhere uh, and I was like, this is wild. That is disgusting. I think so, we yeah, need to learn like, how yeah, to drink. No. I think we need to learn how to drink scotch whiskey. This, I figured, would be a nice little cleanser for us all. <laughs> I'll tell you how I drink scotch whiskey. Oh, it's fucking cold. Oh, oh what's this? Hey, they're not opened. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, we're not really in a rush anymore. Yeah. We got these. <laughs> okay, that was just one of the random ones I had pulled up to play, but... I was going to say, it's like drinking the apple cider that my old roommate what? made. <laughs> that was a rough time. All right. Why is it muted? So how do you nose and appreciate great whiskey? First of all, you need to have the right glass. This is so, so important. This is, of course, the Capita nosing glass. So you need to make sure that the whiskey goes in the glass, swirl it around, get rid of it, because the glass has to be clean. Then you go back to it. Now, pay attention. This is the way you hold it, not this way. Definitely not warming it this way. But if I ever see you nosing it, nosing it like this, I'll kill you. So first of all, what I want you to do, oh, wow. swirl the whiskey around, take it up and say, hello. Then you go back to it and say, how are you? Do it slowly. Then you come back and say, quite well, thank you very much. So then how do you taste it? Well, you can drink it straight if you want, but you must be careful. Sometimes if you're not too sure, just take a little still water, cool still water. Little drop into the glass, not too much. But more importantly, when you take the whiskey, you must appreciate it. Man's already drunk. By holding it long in the tongue, top of the palate, underneath the palate, and back in the middle again, you extract more of the flavors from this wonderful, wonderful whiskey. Take a big deep breath, and that liquid cold just comes straight through at the end. Fantastic. Can I, can I tell a little story? Yes. Um, sort of it actually ties back to what we were saying about boomers mm. and them often being, you know, road to say a less uh, serious observance of things. So when I was in Scotland, I was at a whiskey tasting and a tour of a distillery and there was a uh, a Muslim family there. I think they were Egyptian. You know, I didn't I didn't exactly take any canthal tilt measurements, but I'm pretty sure they were Egyptian. Um and the uh the dad was I think off using the bathroom and his adult like son and daughter both looked in their 20s. Uh they were explaining that they 
you know, wouldn't be drinking the alcohol at the tasting. They were just going to, they were just going to observe. They wanted to still sit there and hear about the whiskey, but they weren't, they weren't going to taste because, you know, Muslims don't drink alcohol and whatnot. And they were into their whole explanation is all very nice and whatnot. And then the dad comes back from the bathroom with his, you know, big, like eighties Arab dictator mustache sits down and it's like, all right, I'm ready for a whiskey. <laughs> it was beautiful. Nice. Nice. You don't go to <laughs> Scotland and not have some scotch. Let's be real. But yeah, I'm just thinking about how it seems like the yeah the not only in Christianity but apparently in Islam too the the boomer generation just isn't always about you know actually following the religion. Right, right, and I mean it's funny to see a lot of young people getting very very serious about religion now. Um, I think it's a response to boomer materialism. It's like this lacks meaning, so I need to find it, and I'm going to be a bit radical about it because I was given none of it. Uh, and I sympathize with that a little bit. I don't, I probably missed that, that window on my, with my age and everything, but, uh, I get it. So we're rounding out the show, gentlemen. I only have one more clip to play unless Daniel has more to send. Um, I can send you an article, which I found to be quite interesting, but I will say before you continue, now that we've seen how to professionally taste whiskey, the next time we do a Western character on the show, you guys better be doing it this way. Drinking a glass it's of whiskey, been a long time. flinging it off to the side, pouring another one, and really getting the savor of the flavor. It's been a long time since we did a drunk episode. I would love to do another one, but uh, I mean, yeah, we should do another one. We should totally do another one. I guess uh, the one I'll I've been do- trying to do with you is going to be in that era, which I would do love it, to uh, have you as well, George, with us on it. <laughs> I'll do it from my office at work. It'll be hilarious. Sorry, kids. The dean <laughs> of students is not available right now. <laughs> it's busy with important podcasting work okay so this article this and then we'll play my final oh, i i saw this I okay this. i didn't see this so this is new to me man who donated his mother's body to an arizona center for alzheimer's research discovers it was sold on to the u.s military for six thousand dollars strapped to a chair and blown up in a blast test what doris stouffer 73 died in hospice care following a several-year battle with Alzheimer's, despite doctors say she didn't carry the didn't carry the gene for the disease. Medical officials feared the disease may have mutated, blah, blah, blah. Finally, her son settled on the Biological Resource Center in Maricopa County, signed an agreement to donate Doris's brain to Alzheimer's research. Days later, he received a wooden box labeled with his mother's ashes and ID number, but it was later discovered to contain just the ashes of her hand. The rest of her remains were sold to the U.S. military, strapped to a chair, and blown up in a blast test to study what happens to humans in cars hit by IEDs. That's terrible. I was like, Uh, wow, they gave gave him back just the hand. Wow. The medical industry. That is cold. My God. Well, I hope he gets some money out of that one. Yeah, I mean, it's... I try not to always have a negative view of the whole medical industry because like i've had my life saved by doctors also had my life endangered by doctors but man like you read those stories about like hospitals intentionally letting people die so they can harvest their organs and make a ton of money selling them and like you see things like this and start to think maybe that's not a conspiracy theory yeah because it's it was not. not a conspiracy theory. If you <laughs> ate over 40,000 40, bananas in 10 minutes, the radiation from the bananas would kill you. Not eating uh, 40,000 bananas? The potassium would have already killed you. 
<laughs> I would say even eating 40,000 bananas in before the 10 minutes would just kill you out. <laughs> but Which, yeah, I think I still hold a record at an ICU in Indiana for the highest blood potassium on somebody who lived. I'm proud of that record. Good for you. Take the wins. Because like apparently, wins. yeah, 3.8, whatever they measure, I don't even know. I think over that is like considered potentially fatal. And I was at like 6.8. I am potassium man. <laughs> I am become potassium destroyer of worlds. Destroyer of internal organs. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I have just one little clip. It's it's funny-ish, I guess. You're, uh, you're not going to show us the Russian one I've been staring no, at the no, whole time? No, that's, no. That's our closing music. Just hold on. Hold your horses. Do you even know what that means? What? The Russian? The, yeah. I don't know. No, I have no idea. Nietzsche will not which what does it means mean? it means um there is no need of anything. Okay. <laughs> and as I was gonna say, Except, you know, the amount of communist people you've done, you'd think you'd pick up a little bit of Russian on the side. <laughs> Are you kidding? I can't I can't read Russian. Not at all. Not at all. A lot of European languages, but not ones with weird letters. Uh okay, so we're gonna see what the Japanese think of Americans. This is from a anime called Samurai Shampoo. So, they came all the way to this little port thinking they could catch us by surprise. What do you plan on doing? I think we should report this to Edo at once, sir. Hold your horses. Before we do, I plan to sneak aboard that ship. But, sir, you can't. Don't worry, I'll be fine. I'll cleverly disguise myself as an American and then slip on board. Yes, sir. Huh? Freeze! Howdy? Who are you? Who? Who? Who are you? Oh, I'm an American. Yankee Doodle. Shut up! <laughs> okay. There you go. That's what they think Wait, of us. I've, I've got one. I've got one. You got a clip? Yes. I'm sending it right now. It's from a Chinese action movie, and it's their, their depiction of American forces in the uh the korean war and oh. it's just it's so cool they're all like badass and it, honestly it kind of reminds me of how in most american movies the nazis are always depicted as these just cool military machines they do do that don't they like uh, wolfenstein yeah, they're always, they're always yep. so cool they're so much cooler than you know the the allies are ever depicted as and so i was i was watching this chinese movie and i was like man they're depicted the Amer like macarthur has like practically an anime villain intro oh dude i think i've seen this hang on i hope it's what i think of yes this is great total terrain of the enemy victory is estimated in the brief span of a few weeks this is afnk bringing you the latest news from the front jump to like four minutes that's when macarthur's anime villain intro is when we held off the jobs in the philippines in world war ii our legacy man don't worry boys this place ain't no normandy this was a cakewalk let the first marine division prance around for the reporters and we'll show these levels what a real battle looks like this is amazing 
Be the American the Chinese think you are. describe that intro scene there is a so it's like it cuts to a, a boat and there's a guy getting off of it but the first thing you see is a corn cob pipe gripped by a giant leather hand or glove and it just pops into the frame and then it's feet and then it's this pan up at general macarthur like he's a giant and it's got the music and everything yes and make Korea whole. And I guarantee you, this will be a fast war. God willing, it will be over by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, is it time to finally reveal the Russian bit? Yes, please. Well, that means we're going to have to close out the show. So, Daniel, you need to plug your shit before I start it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I guess really not much has changed other than still streaming on kick. If anybody would like to follow that, uh, I do have a podcast now, but I'm not going to plug that here because it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> Other than that, uh, yeah, it's about the same. I mean, if you guys, anybody wants to listen to any of my stuff that I've created, it's on YouTube, which I believe Aaron has already posted that before on his shows and stuff for me or mostly on the Patreon. But yeah. Do you want to say your handle on kick? Um, It's actually the same thing as Twitch. So okay, it's so uh, Cooper Air. Cooper Air. Cooper Air. I've watched a couple of his things. It's I don't do a ton of streaming, but he's funny. He's interesting. He's good at video games, right? Uh, George, did you have anything you want to say before we cue this close? Uh, the album you're apparently about to play is called Krenosti, which means limits. What are you trying to tell me with all these translations? It's just music. You can't put things in Russian and not expect me to try to read them. Okay, okay, okay. I guess that's my that's my stupid predilection to not expect you to read things. Oh, hell yeah, I'm feeling it. But we hope you guys enjoyed this first edition of the new Clips format, and we talk about dead people. And uh, I guarantee you we'll be back with another one of these. This was way too much fun. I'm really hoping uh, we can do another one soon, and we can do these more often, because this was not only effortless, it was a blast. So everyone out there give to the show that's at wtadp on venmo or uh you can join us on patreon or uh locals we're in both places uh any donation is appreciated but we also like getting emails you can email me aaron at we talk about with any questions comments concerns or even suggestions we hope you had a great time everybody have a great week signing off sayonara Не нужно мне просто больше ничего.